Thanks for joining us for Beyond the Pixie Dust, the first faith-based podcast for Disney fans. Together, we're going to dive deep into scripture from inside the parks, discuss the essentials of humanity like fear, joy, and grief with Imagineers and cast members. And we're going to explore what it means to live meaningfully in our modern world. So now, I invite you to join us as we dive beyond the Pixie Dust. Okay, I'm excited to speak with our interviewee today. Uh, I have with me on the line Albert Thweet. He may be a name that you're familiar with if you're a Disney fan, if you're a Christian, or if you're both, especially if you're both. Uh, You have probably heard of his book, even if you haven't uh, necessarily, if the the name doesn't ring a bell. He's actually written three books now through Theme Park Press, and uh, the books are in a series called Disney Devotionals. And Albert, thanks for coming on and, and talking to us today. Absolutely. I'm thrilled to be here. I appreciate the invitation. I'm excited to to, uh, to dive in and, and get started. Yeah. It, it, I mean, just before um, this call, I mean, this call that we're on right now is the first time that I've ever talked to you um, besides just Facebook Messenger briefly. So some of the stuff I know um, answers to and other things that I'm going to be talking about today, like I, I'm learning for the first time too. So um, I know a little bit about your story, um, but I don't know everything. So I know, you know, when you talk to authors, sometimes they say, I always wanted to write a book. Um, some people kind of just came to them as, as it came along. I know one thing that you're a paramedic. So kind of fill in these details for us. Um, you're not that traditional, uh, you know, author who, who was looking to be an author and, and just pe- pursuing that 110%. Um, tell us how these books came about. Yeah, so no, I'm definitely an accidental author. I did not have any any plans uh, to be an author. Never really crossed my mind. But um, I was a school teacher for 16 years, and after 16 years, decided I wanted to switch careers. And so I, kind of a long story, but I, I, I switched to a paramedic and um, have been doing that for the last five years or so. But the biggest thing with that is um, when I became a paramedic, my, I started working nights, mm. and which I still currently do. And that uh, took me away from a family tradition that we have had since our boys were, were born, basically. I have two boys. They're 16 and 19 now. But since they were uh, little, we've had a nighttime family devotion with them every night. Mm. And when I started working nights – I wasn't able to participate in that anymore, and I uh, hated that, but kind of chalked it up to, you know, that's the job, and that's just kind of how it is, and my wife continued those devotionals without me, but uh, I kind of mm. felt like I was missing out, so after a little while, I had the idea just to to write a devotional, to type a devotional in an email to her, and I said, said maybe I can send this to you, and you can read it to the boys, and I, that, that way I can kind of be a part of of the nightly devotional even though i'm not there yeah so she agreed and she did that and um i did a couple of generic ones to start and then after a week or so i realized i need i need a theme i need something you know that can kind of something that will relate to them and we're uh you know we're admitted disney nerds Uh, my wife's been going to disney since she was little she would go every year with her family and uh, i went a couple times growing up but not not quite as much as she did but she when we got married she converted me to the to the disney nerd that i am <laughs> okay. and uh so we're, we're we go to disney every year you know 
two or three times a year when, and we've taken our boys multiple times. So, and so that was kind of the natural theme when I was like, I need a theme for these devotionals. You know, Disney was pretty much the first thing that popped in my mind. And so I got the idea to, to, uh, make a list of all the attractions at Disney world. And I would pick one each night and turn it into a devotional. And so I started sending her these, um, you know, two or three times a week, not every night, but two or three times a week, I would send her, send it to her. And I, I attached a picture and, you know, gave some facts about the attraction and then flipped it into a, um, you know, a, a lesson from the, from the Bible, a scripture, a verse or whatever. And she got the idea to eventually to reply to the email once she had read it to the boys and she would, you know, tell me how they reacted and, you know, what questions they had or, you know, what they thought about it. And so I kind of enjoyed when I was sitting at work late at night and getting those replies and, and, you know, hearing how, how they enjoyed them. And so anyways, over a year or two, I, I kept those. Every time I would email her, I would keep a copy on a, on a file on my computer. I don't know why I did that. I just thought, well, maybe, maybe they'd like to see these again one day when they're older. And so I kept that file and, um, you know, that, uh, I had that for a while and my, my wife, like I said, is a big Disney Disney fanatic and she she had bought a book from theme park press um about these two sisters that worked at disney in the college program and she has mm. my wife has big dreams of our boys doing the same thing and you know working at disney and one day owning disney and all that so <laughs> she uh she had bought this book and she was like this is really good you know what they do in the college program you know i'd love for our boys to do that you ought to read this book and i was like okay i'll, I'll check it out and so i read it and it was really good and i noticed the theme park press you know, stamp on it. And so I looked up their website and noticed on their website that there was a little tab that said, submit an idea or, you know, do you have a book idea or, or whatever? And, uh, it hit me all at once. I wonder if they would actually publish these devotionals that I have, you know, I and I, to be honest, I didn't think that they would yeah, because yeah. as you know, it's not a spiritual website by any means. It's hundred percent. It's yeah. mostly, it's, it's very Disney, you know, it's all Disney, but it's, there's no spiritual uh, theme to it. And so I didn't think that they would that they would take that on but I thought why not I might as well just you know submit the idea and so I did and um about a week later I heard back from uh from Bob who you know mm-hmm. uh is the publisher there and he he said you know this sounds like an interesting idea send me a few examples of what you have and so I sent him like the first five devotionals that I'd written for the boys and um about a week later he emailed back and said you know I'd, I'd like to publish Disney devotionals and I couldn't, you know, it was a shock. I couldn't believe it uh, <laughs> that he actually wanted to do that. He said, he said, I can't do pictures because that's a copyright deal. And he mm. said, you got to take those out. But otherwise, he said, you know, clean it up, get it how you want it, and and uh, we'll, we'll go with it. And so that's kind of how I became an accidental author. Didn't intend, <laughs> didn't ever think that it would be a book, but here it is. And, and now we're in three books, and it's been just an amazing, uh, blessed, uh, you know, inspirational event in my life. So. Yeah, I know that's a long story, but that's kind of how it all came to be. No, yeah, I mean, and it's it's each piece of it uh, walking through the story is really unplanned because again, you I don't know going even going back to the teacher job, you 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 probably starting out that never thought well you know go do this for X amount of years and then go be a paramedic. It's like well, right. why would you ever no. do that? <laughs> go no. leave in the nights and everything. Okay, exactly. no, and then all of a sudden now you're you're well i'll fill in you do some devotionals 
Uh, that was unplanned for you to be gone during that time. And then the idea of, of um, you know, actually making a book out of this. And then, of course, you publish the book and you don't know the response. Nobody does. I mean, nobody knows what the response will be. And, and like you said, um, and I have many Theme Park Press books as well and, and uh, probably have the book that you were referring to that your wife was reading because there's just so many good books from them um, on so many different issues, different topics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Absolutely. like you said, there – until your book, your first book came out, there was nothing uh, really spiritual. There was great stuff about Disney past of what, how to have a great vacation there, what it's like to work there. But nothing, probably because it just, you know, frankly, didn't need to exist. Uh, you know, Disney and Jesus, well, what does that have to do with each other in most people's minds? Right. And so it's right. like, well, it didn't need to exist, so it never did. Um, but you come along with this idea, and, and we don't know what at that point what the outcome would be. But like I'm looking right now, and and I know at one point this this book hit number one on the theme park travel guides. It's still now been out for almost two years, and the first book, and it's number eleven still. So obviously, it's very very popular. Um, this has been a best selling uh, Disney author. You, you're you're essentially a best selling Disney author, um, whether whether <laughs> whether you ever thought you would be or not. Um, all these unplanned pieces. Um, right. and so it's just so, uh, interesting to look through that, um, and see really again now stepping past the, um, the just, Hey, this is what happened and getting into where God is leading. Um, you know, none of that was a surprise to God. None of that was a surprise to him, um, who you were going to reach, uh, how many people you were going to reach. Um, and you know, after doing that, after kind of going through that, um, I know then, as you've even referenced, you wrote two additional Disney devotional books. So I'm assuming that, that you only meant to write the one, that that was going to be it. Um, but now two have come. So, so what happened there? Did, was that something that yeah. you had uh, been writing for the kids after the, the Walt Disney World stuff was done and, and decided to publish no. as well? Or how did that come about? No, the, uh, uh, so the first one, like I said, was accidental, but, um, and, and like you just said, I had no clue what the response would be. I, I, to be honest, I thought, you know, maybe a few church, a few people at my church will buy it. My family will buy it. You know, maybe I'll sell a hundred copies if I'm lucky. Um, but, but that's about it. Cause you know, there was just nothing like that. Um, but it, it did kind of take off a lot more than I was expecting. And, and the response was overwhelming and the, the feedback that I got, um, from people I didn't even know, you know, people from all over the, the country, to be honest, uh, was, was amazing. And so about a month after, uh, I wrote the book or about a month after the book came out, uh, this was, uh, late 2019, I guess. Um, I had, I'd had a few people say, you know, when are you going to write book two? And I was, you know, my response was always book two. I didn't even mean to write book one. There's, <laughs> there's no book two. I don't, you know, I did all the attractions. I, I don't know yeah. what else I would do. Right. And, um, but I, I kept having people, you know, say that and they would make suggestions. And, and so I started thinking, I was like, I wonder if I could do another one. So I, I emailed uh, Bob at theme park press and I said, Hey, just want to throw this out there. I said, I don't know if I'm sold on doing another book or not. This, you know, this, cause the first one was a, a really long process. I mean, from the time mm -hmm. I submitted that idea to the time it was published was like 14 months. Yeah. Um, just because he said he was really backed up with, with books and, uh, it just took, and it's, so during that time, I, to be honest, I, I had doubts that it would ever actually get published. You know, I thought this is mm. just a, a fluke. It's not going to happen. And um, so it was a really long process. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to repeat that again. And so, but I emailed him and said, hey, you know, would you even consider publishing a, 
a second book if I came up with another idea. And he emailed he emailed me back in like five minutes. <laughs> um, I don't know if you found this, but he's he's really quick with his emails. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he he said, uh, not only would I publish it, he said I've been meaning to email you and say when are you going to write a second book. He said I definitely want uh, you know you to do another one. So um, I, had, I had several ideas proposed, but somebody said why don't you do Disneyland? And we have been we've been to Disney World a bunch of times, but we've uh, we've been to Disneyland maybe three or four times as a family, and so mm. um, I thought, you know, well, that could be an idea. And so I uh, started making a list of the attractions there. And I, I decided I didn't want to do any repeats because, you know, I'd already given facts about the attraction, and yeah. it'd be hard to, to redo this. So I, I just listed the unique attractions that Disneyland has that that are not on the on the East Coast and Disney World, and it came out to be about fifty attractions that they have there. Okay. And then it sounds like, well, you know, I'd love to keep it at 100 because the first one had been rounded out really nicely at 100. And so I decided to throw in the resorts, all the Disney resorts on both coasts mm. as well. And so anyways, I ended up making it 100, adding some extra things, some tours and the, and the cruise ships and all that. And uh, it rounded out to, to 100. And so that was book two. And uh, he, I, Bob actually said when I emailed him, he said, I tell you what, because this was October, he said, if you can get it to me, or it may have been September. He said, if you can get it to me by mid-October, he said, I'll have it out by Christmas. And uh, I was like, what in the world? Because the first <laughs> one took 14 months, and now he's wanting yeah. me to do it in like 45 days. Nice. And uh, so my first thought was, there's no way I can write a book, 100 devotionals in 45 days. Um, but <laughs> but again, I saw it as God give me an opportunity again. And uh, so I, 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 you know, that all I did 45 days was write. I was writing at work. I was writing you know, uh, all day long, uh, writing on vacation. We went on a, a beach vacation during that time and I was writing and basically <laughs> having to crank out, you know, at least two devotionals a day to get this thing yeah. done. And I got it, I got it done within a, with a day to spare. And it did, he, he kept his promise. It came out by Christmas, 2019, uh, book two. So it was a pretty quick turnaround. Wow. And then, um, so that one was out for, uh, and then, um, book three, again, just got a, a you know, great response to books one and two. Book one has really been the the biggest seller, and I guess I guess more people relate to Disney World. And so, sure. um, I had an idea hit me during the whole COVID fiasco. Uh, I was kind of sitting around a lot. I had some work hours cut, and so I was at home. And uh, one day it hit me. You know, what about Disney movies? You know, because we had just gotten Disney Plus uh, that Christmas, and I had been watching a lot of old Disney movies, and um, and so I thought, well, that that might be our work too. And so uh, once again, uh, I told Bob, I said, I'll, you know, I'll do another one, but this time I want more than forty five days. I can't do that again. And so he agreed. He said, you can have as much time as you want. And so I took basically almost all of twenty twenty and wrote book three, and it's it's a hundred uh, Disney uh, movies turned into uh, devotionals. And so that one just came out. I get, I guess, uh, maybe November of last year, and so, yeah, anyways, that's reason. so those were those were intentionally written uh, based off the success of the first one, and and so you know I kind of enjoyed knowing that I was actually writing a book. I kind of put a little different more into it, and um, you know, actually prepared it for an audience instead of just for for my for my two boys, and so um, that kind of had a different feel. But at the same time, try to keep it on a family level and something that families could do together and with their kids. And so that's, that's where those came from. Yeah, absolutely. And I noticed, uh, in the kind of the bio on the back of the, uh, movies, the, the, the last one that you've written, it, it mentions, it says, uh, 
he had no idea that God had plans for a final chapter with one last book, this time celebrating Disney screen magic. And I want to say, like, well, that's what you think, probably. <laughs> it's like one yeah. last book, but yeah. you thought it was the last book the last time and the time before that. Yeah, no. And the time before that, you I didn't know. think there was a book. So who knows what's going to be in the future. Who it kind of seems like you've uh, covered all the subjects you possibly could, but who knows what else could be out there, um, right. you know, in your future. And, and that's kind of the thing yeah. with everyone. Um, yeah, and I've kind of actually found a love of, you know, you know I, I'm not a, a um, you know a great writer by any means. I didn't take any kind of writing in in college, or you know, never never really dabbled into that much. But I've kind of found a, a I enjoy a hobby of doing that. And uh, you know, when I when I quit doing it, I told my wife, you know, I kind of miss it. I kind of miss uh, writing, and so. You know, like you said, who knows what what may come in the future? I may come up with another idea, but uh, I do I do enjoy it. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was just thinking through some of this as as we were talking about the success of of especially the first book and its its continued success and stuff. And I know not from personal experience, but from from reading from other authors who have been successful. Um, just a struggle that comes along with that in that with our modern world. We have the internet, and the internet people can write whatever they want. They can write reviews. They can write negative, positive. So I'm sure you've had both sides of that out there. Is there some way that that you uh, kind of do you do you hold you know hold off from looking up reviews? Do you try to stay off of the Amazon site? Like, how do you uh, keep yourself from some of the negativity that might be out there surrounding any popular book? Yeah. Um... I mean, I've, no, I've certainly looked at the reviews. I don't, I don't dwell on them, but sure. uh, you know, every once in a while, I'll, I'll hop on there and see what people say. And, and there's certainly uh, been a, a few negative ones. Um, mm. It's, it's overwhelmingly positive, but, um, but you do, you do get a, a few negatives thrown in. And I, you know, I'll read them and consider them. And some of them have valid points. Like I've already said, I'm not, I don't consider myself a writer by any means on any level. Sure. Um, and I'm not, you know, with these devotionals, I haven't really. They're not written on a level of, of deep study. Um, mm. You know, they're not intended for um, you know for deep theological study. They're really the the way I intended them was what they originally were, and that was a family devotional for my for my wife and my two two sons. And mm. so yeah. I've kind of kept them on on that level, and I don't apologize for that. I, I I see it as something that families can do with their kids, and and I hopefully share that and it. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a deep a deep study, and so hmm. a lot of the a lot of the negative criticisms have been have been that, um, and so I just take that with a grain of salt, and I still think there's a lot of positive that comes out of them. I still see it as as a, a gift from God and a way that He um, answered prayer. Because I'll be honest, when I was writing those that those first devotionals as emails for my boys, there were a couple times that I thought and prayed. You know, I wish I could share these somehow with, with other people. You know, I think other people, other kids, other families might enjoy, you know, studying the, the Bible this way and, and hearing about Disney. And so it's a way to, to grab kids' attention. And something I learned as, certainly as a teacher is you got to compete with a lot of things these days. And, and you have to, you have to get the kids engaged. You have to get on their level. You have to get them active and involved. You can't just sit them in a desk and start talking for 45 minutes. You're going to lose them. And so I think these devotionals, maybe our way to to get kids excited when you throw something disney at them first you get you grab their attention and then you've, you've got them for the spiritual um mm. the spiritual message and so uh that's that's kind of the the intention and um 
you know, if, if, if that's how God answered my prayer and allowed this to be shared with other people, then, then, uh, then I see that as a positive. And so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think what you said is very key for anybody, because of course the majority of people listening are not going to be authors or writing books, but they're going to be doing other things with their life. And something I've always said that is, I think, important for every person to remember is that no matter what you do in life, whether that's good, bad, or in between, there's going to be somebody out there that's going to have something negative to say, or they're going to disagree. So right. to look at it from a good point of view, if you're doing what's right, you're going to have somebody who, who oh, is yeah. against it. And so oh, yeah. all you can worry about, all each of us can worry about, is doing what God has called us to do, living into that adventure God gives us. Uh, and then we know we're on the right track, whether somebody says we are or not. Um, and that's that's so key uh, to do, like you've been saying, just say, okay, well, I see what they're saying there, but you know what? Um, what my original purpose and what God has me doing here is this, and that's being accomplished. And so uh, that person's opinion is fine, but uh, I'm doing what God called me to do. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. I mean, you know, Matthew says, blessed are you when you're persecuted for my name's sake. So, I mean, he, he pretty much lets us know we're going to be persecuted. We're going to have trials. We're going to have, you know, meet resistance when we when we uh, promote him and follow him. And um, But, you know, that's just part of the, the journey. Um, yeah, uh, you know, following his in, in, in his son's footsteps, so that's to be expected, and you just have to kind of keep keep pressing on, keep pressing on towards towards your goals, not let that throw you off the path. So yeah, yeah. So I know whenever we talk about devotionals and and um, devotions, I I think back to where that language started for me. Um, and that would be back like growing up in youth groups and, and maybe other listeners have as well. But we, in, in youth groups, they would always talk about how important devotion time is. You got to do your devotions. Did you do your devotions today? And everybody always kind of talked about it as an ideal. But when you got into the conversations, it was really, it, it was obvious that people really kind of struggled with actually doing it. Oh, you know, I tried to, but I really missed a few days this week. So when you think through that idea of a devotion time, daily devotions, what constitutes a successful devotion time time for you? Um, for me, it's a it, it, um, it has to be a, a set time. It has to be something that's planned. Um, it has to be something that you give definite attention to each day. And I've had some years when I'm, you know, it seems like every year I'll make the resolution. You know, I'm going to spend more time with with God this year. I'm going to have daily time with God. And some years I do really well with that. And some years, you know, I'll be honest, I, I don't. And uh, but I've found more success when I actually set a, a definite time, whether it's you know before bed or or when I get up in the morning. But you know, get up get up 15 minutes earlier, and you know that's not a big deal. And and find a quiet place and a place without distraction, and and uh, find a good devotion guide. Um, you know, something. You know, I've I've found when I when I can find a book that actually kind of leads my thoughts and guides me, um, I think that that's helpful for me. Um, and obviously pairing it with scripture, but uh, I think that's kind of the key to success is to is to actually plan it like you would plan, you know, anything your job or um, you know a, a dinner plans with with your family or whatever. You have to actually plan your devotional time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it, until it becomes when when you do that after a period of time, it can become a habit in your life. Right. And then it's right. not so hard to do. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, and what about those like you and you even you've just said, you know, you kind of set the goal and you said, I'm going to do this this year. And then you find out sometimes certain years you didn't really meet that goal. You look back, you didn't get to do what you said you were going to do. And and it seems to me that that more people than not are on that end of things um, are, are struggling with hey, I set up this goal, I said I was going to do it every day, and then by January 10th or whatever, you know, then I didn't even do it once a week. So then they kind of give up. So what about somebody who says, hey, all right, I'm going to do this, and now they kind of feel, well, I'm not good enough, you know, maybe my faith isn't really real because, you know, I kind of failed at, at keeping that habit. What, what would your advice be to someone like that? Um, I mean, I would, I would say it's never, it's never too late. It's not like, you know, if you if you fail on in mid January, you're you're done for the year. You know, I would say you could always come back to it. You just have to see the um, the importance of it and the importance of a of a constant relationship with God. And you know, it has to be more than just going to church on Sunday. You know, it has to be a, a daily a daily relationship with Him so that you can gain in knowledge. You know, so you can grow in in your relationship. And you can you know, every time you open up the Bible, you can you can learn something new. You can um, you know, learn another, um, uh, instruction from God that will, that will be helpful to you. And so you just have to see the importance of it and you just have to find the, the motivation. And, you know, every day is a, uh, the first day to start. Every day is a good day to start. But like you said, once you, once you start doing it more and more, it becomes a habit and you realize it's almost like, you know, I'm a, I'm a runner, at least I claim to be. Um, <laughs> and, and I try to do it as often as I can, but, you know, sometimes I don't want to go out and run. It's just like I don't really, I really want to get out there. It's you know, it's yeah. painful. And but once I do it, I feel good. I, I feel good about myself. I'm glad I did it. And it, it you know, I, I see the benefit of it once it's done. And so I think uh, devotion time is the same way. You know, once you do it, you realize what a benefit it, it is, and and how much it enhances your your relationship with God. And um, you know, it does become a habit the more you do it. And so you just got to get started and uh, get over that hump and. And I, you know, you'll see that it's it's worth worth it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that is key to really what people are doing is they place their identity in possibly the failure of. So, oh, I didn't I didn't do it this week, so therefore my identity is oh now I'm a failure or I'm not good enough in God's eyes. And and even scripture itself, if they get back into it, look at it, they're going to find really a different story that God. It doesn't say, well, well, you're my child, but if you do, if you failed one week, you didn't do your devotions this week, well, then you're not my child anymore until you start doing them again. So once we kind of keep our eyes focused on that identity in him, all of a sudden then we're like, well, well, now I want to do these things. I want to be with him. And even if I didn't quite make it this week, okay, next week, this is what I want to do because I am his child. So it kind of reverses the normal idea of identifying by what we do but instead identifying by who God is and who he's he's defined us as those who are in him yeah um, absolutely so I was thinking through uh, something that I was recently I just started reading this book um, recently but something that you were talking about too with devotions um, and kind of that setting that up that habit just like you would um, any you know your job or anything else you're you're going to need to do those things and sometimes we put a priority well mo many times we put a priority on all those things over spending time with god and i like um i just started reading this book uh by francis chan is his newest book called until unity and at the beginning he says we can't start our days without praise we are commanded to rejoice in him always 
There is nothing you have to do today that is more important than worshiping him. If I'm not wise enough to start my day with praise, why should anyone listen to what I have to say? If I'm foolish enough to forego praise because my mind is needed to fix problems in the church, then I'm more of the problem than I realize. <laughs> and so like he's a he's like a pastor so speaking from that but like yeah. it, like if we need to go and do all these other things and I think especially as Americans we're kind of I don't know wired that way like okay I need to do 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 take action take action which is great but at the end of the day we need to we we forego the worship of God, the praise of God, or spending time with Him, and so then we're not as effective in the doing and the action and the and the going. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I was just reading, actually, just reading yesterday the passage. Um, I can't remember where it was, but where um, Jesus, you know, tells these men to follow Him, and one of them says, uh, "Well, let me go. Let me go bury my father first. And another one says, "You know, let me go tell my family goodbye." And Jesus says. No, you know, let the let the dead bury the dead, you know. And he mm. says, "Follow me." Basically, says, and it sounds blunt, and it sounds harsh. Yeah. But he's saying it's it's all about priorities, you know. He's saying you got to follow me first, you know. Put me even above family, um, you know. That's 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 your calling, you know. When we when we accept Jesus, you know, we are we become a new creature, and that means putting him first above everything. And uh, and um, you know, I think that's kind of what. What I, what Francis? I love Francis Chan. I think that's kind of what what he's saying. I got to get my priorities in order, and the first thing, first item of the day is is praise to him. I mean, he's he's the creator of the universe. He created me. He's he's my future. You know, it's what I'm. It's the purpose of life is to is to find my way to him through Jesus Christ. And so, of course, that has to be the first thing. And so, uh, I think that's kind of what 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 he's saying there. And that's kind of the attitude that we have to find and, and figure out for ourselves. Right, and and then putting that first does exactly like you say. It, it sounds harsh at first. Well, put put God before your family, and and somebody who maybe is not a Christian is going to say, "Oh, well, that doesn't sound good." Um, but when you do that, of course, God is going to ask you to to love your family in a deeper way that goes beyond yourself. <laughs> you know, right. that's one example. So we're going to find ourselves actually becoming better with family, with in marriage, whatever it is because of putting God first. Right. So it's kind right. of interesting it, it how all that falls works. In the, it all falls into place, and God knows how it works. And, you know, we just, sometimes we can't see the right the right order of things, but he yeah. He always allows it to fall into place as long as we put him above all else. So. Right, right. Yeah. Well, to, to go back to um, some of the process of, of writing the book, one thing I wanted to ask you about, um, is something that I've struggled with, and, and I should preface what my question is by saying, first of all, that listeners of this podcast may already know this if you've listened to past episodes, but when I do kind of the standard episode of this podcast, um, when it's just me in the parks and we're talking through things, I, I'm essentially doing a Disney devotional. <laughs> so I want to make sure I preface my question with this so that I'm not saying I'm over here and you're over here. But I, my uh, anybody who's who's read my book um, has started in the introduction where I just say, listen, I, I've always kind of been skeptical about Disney-related devotionals. I have had one for many years on my like a some a, a Disney-type devotional thing that's on my shelf that someone gave me that that I honestly have not read because I was so skeptical over the years of it because I've always had this this concern or feeling like it's really really hard to take a scripture passage uh, which has its its meaning 
and then kind of take a Disney attraction, which of course was not built upon scripture, you know, initially, and then somehow connect them. Um, and I know that it would be it's it would be really easy to do if we just completely took the scripture out of context. Like, oh, this this verse says dream in it, so therefore, you know, there's the dream castle or something. You know, we just make yeah. up whatever we want. Um, yeah. But when you wrote these books, and, and as time went on, I mean, you've written now 300 different devotionals. Was this something that you struggled with, like saying like, okay, I want to make sure I'm faithful to this original scripture and not just taking it out of context? Or did the connections come easily? I know they do for some people, uh, metaphors like that. Yeah, um, they did not all come easy. Uh, it's, you know, like you said, it's kind of hard to connect everything. Disney, you know, I always give the example, you know, how do you connect pirates of the Caribbean to, to something in scripture? But um, <laughs> And so some of them I struggle with. And, uh, and so, and I, again, that's some of the criticism that you'll see on Amazon is people saying, you know, these mm. verses are taken out of context and this is not what the scripture's saying. And, 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 you know, to an extent that may be true, but mm. I mean, I've already said, and, and I don't claim this to be a deep, a deep study. And so, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's just meant to, to invoke discussion. It's meant to be something that families share. It's meant to grab kids attention and help have them think about a verse. And if that, if that means they, you know, study the verse more and they, they find a, a different meaning, you know, from it, then, then so be it. Um, but hopefully each devotional, my goal is to give them some spiritual message that, that comes from the word and, and something that God would want them to know. And, um, you know, I think most of them are in context. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, it, you know, it's, it's not always easy to connect. Cause like you said, yeah. Disney's certainly not a spiritual park. So, uh, but the whole point is to, is to give them something they can relate to and, and turn it into something that's way more important for their lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, again, just going back to what this all started as gives a lot of context to that of, um, you know, uh, of thinking of the devotionals just being for your family and then um, even applying that to kind of that's your, your main audience would be a, another family um, in the United States or, or over the world or wherever that is sitting down and, um, that idea of, okay, hey, this is the starting point. We're starting with a, with an attraction or Main Street or whatever, and then we're taking it to, here's the scripture uh, to think a little bit more. And, and again, similar with what I'm doing with my podcast, and then hopefully they take that to the next step, whether it's maybe that time during the devotionals or later on in life, but kind of learning a little bit more, getting deeper into it. Um, is is yeah. just really the the point and the uh, and that connection point that may not have been there before. Similar to Jesus's stories, where you know he used these different references, yeah. farming metaphors, which were popular in the day, um, right. to really make that connection. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think God is happy anytime his his work gets out there, and, and uh, you know, however it it has to be, however it uh, can, however you know, it needs to be done to to get people's attention. You know, but hopefully, like you said, it spawns more and they become curious and they, they get more interested and they find a church home and they and they do dive deeper into it and find the, the deeper meaning for their lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Well, um, before we wrap up everything, um, we've talked a little bit about this already, but if somebody's listening and, you know, they have uh, passions or hobbies, maybe it is Disney because this is a Disney-themed podcast, but maybe it's something else. They, they just have a passion, a hobby that they go, well... It's really not um, in and of itself something spiritual or, or it doesn't say Jesus in the title or something, but they have some sort of passion. And how might they use that to further the kingdom of heaven? 
Yeah. I mean, I think you can find God in anything, to be honest. I mean, he mm. created everything, so why wouldn't we be able to find him in everything? And so, um, you know, if you have a passion, a, a hobby, um, I think you can, um, if you dig deep enough and search hard enough, I think you can you can find God in there and, and turn, it in, turn it into something spiritual and, and make it, you know, find a way to use it. If it's a talent that you have, you know, uh, then it's a God-given talent, so you can turn it into into something that you can use for him, whether it's serving others or, or serving him. And there's, there's, there's gotta be some way that you can, you can use that for his glory. I would, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you know, that's where it gets into each individual's specific life because there are some, I mean, that's the, the nice thing about people. Everybody has their own strengths, their own passions, their own hobbies that then like the Bible talks about kind of this image of a, of a body all working together with the different parts. And so, you know, you have your own strength, you have your own passion out there. And the general advice is, is yeah, to continue moving forward with that. And, and God can use that. God will use that if you're open to it, um, to furthering his kingdom. And then it, it comes down to you kind of need to share that with somebody you can trust, that passion, that hobby, those ideas, because, because you do have a very specific passion. You do have that specific strength. And so you need to figure out how to use that specifically um, in your life. And so, um, so yeah, so that's just um, all, yeah, that's all great. And, and um, it's great that you've been able to, to um, connect with so many people, Albert, and um, been able to reach out. And, and again, it's, you've heard some of the stories, you've, uh, you've, you know, you've had reviews, you've heard some people, some feedback, but really, as we know, you know, you'll never hear this on this earth, all the stories of who's been transformed or who's used it. Um, families that, you know, just really know nothing about getting online, maybe some older people that have been transformed or been touched by the book um, that you'll never hear from, you know, in this life. And so it's interesting to think about how many people, uh, when we move out upon what God's adventure for us is, um, how many people that we may never hear from or ever know about uh, can even be transformed? And so all we are, well, all we are to do is to follow His call, and then the rest, the response, is in His hands. And whether we hear the good news or not, uh, we we know we've done what we're supposed to do. So, absolutely, absolutely. That's that's been the greatest blessing of this is is the people I do hear from, and I've heard from so many and people that have have grown closer to god through these books i had a family i put this in the intro to the third book but i had a family tell me that their their seven-year-old uh, accepted christ because of these books and so i mean mm. it's just the stories that you do hear are so inspiring and like you say for every story that you do hear there's probably a story that you're not hearing about and so yeah. it's just amazing what god can do uh when you when you talk to him when you ask him you know what what he can what he can make happen is just it's just incredible yeah. so Awesome. Well, thanks so much again for, for talking to us, and we'll be looking forward to any possibilities in the future. Again, we don't know. Maybe there'll be a fourth book. Maybe there will be uh, something else from you coming out that we'll be seeing, uh, and, and only God knows that. So, Absolutely. We'll, we'll keep you posted. I appreciate the, the invitation, and congratulations on your book and your success, and I uh, wish you all the best, and I enjoyed, enjoyed talking with you. Absolutely. Thanks again. All right. Have a good day. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would love the chance to connect with you via social media or email. 
All the links that you need are over at beyondthepixiedust.com. And I would also love for you to join our community Facebook page. We have a public Facebook page, but then we also have a community Facebook page where we talk further about the content of each episode. And so I'd love to get you over there. Additionally, I'm excited to announce that Beyond the Pixie Dust, Becoming an Apprentice of the Kingdom, our first book is now available over on Amazon through Theme Park Press. So again, all the links to all of those things available at beyondthepixiedust.com. You'll see it in the show notes, and we'll see you on the next episode.